0: Super stoked to have Distro Kids sponsoring the podcast and can't thank them enough for their support of this thing. This episode of the podcast is also sponsored by Produce Row Cafe in Portland, Oregon. This spot offers free live music every Thursday night throughout the summer from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. and Sunday brunch tunes from noon to 2 p.m. with DJs spinning vinyl Lots of dance parties both day and night are on the summer calendar as well, featuring events from Global Based and other promoters. They are located in inner southeast Portland, and aside from offering free music every week on their patio, they've got a killer brunch menu on Saturdays and Sundays. The migas and the breakfast sandwich are lights out, and the lunch and dinner menu doesn't slack either come through and check out some tunes over there at Produce Row Cafe as well as their new summer seasonal cocktail menu. This is a great spot to grab some food and some drinks and enjoy some tunes with friends or family. Appreciate Produce Row being a supporter of the podcast and the local Portland music community. Now let's start the show. What is happening, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Dana Cable Presents podcast. Thank you for tuning into the program once again. If this is your first time listening, thanks for checking out the show. You can find fresh episodes coming at you every Tuesday. And if you want to help support this thing in a free way, you can do so by clicking subscribe on iTunes, clicking write a review, giving the podcast five stars if you feel like it is deserving of so. And that will help propel this thing into the tops of those iTunes charts, which will give it more visibility on the national and international levels, helping strangers find the podcast. And just a great way to contribute to the growth and sustainability of this thing. I appreciate the hell out of all the folks that have already taken the time to do so. If you're not listening on Apple, just hit like, follow, subscribe, wherever you are listening from. Share the podcast with a friend, leave a comment on a, uh, a social media post. All those things seem to uh, to help raise the uh, the visibility and, and tap into some of those algorithms when there's interaction with things. And uh, this is me pretending I understand how an algorithm works, but uh, you can also check out the monthly playlists that I've been dropping on Apple and Spotify links for those. Or in the episode notes, pretty spread out genre wise. There, I know the October one is uh, it's a little late. It's it's almost two weeks late, and I apologize for that. I just uh, I honestly haven't been listening to a whole lot of music these last couple weeks, and I almost just bailed on doing the cast at all this week. I've canceled a, a couple interviews that I had scheduled. The last couple weeks, and uh, one I just pushed off the other day because of some some pain and discomfort that I've been experiencing in my ears. But uh, I just couldn't. I don't know what it is, but I, I don't seem to have it in me to to just skip out on a week of the podcast. And I had intended to do a tour recap episode from the recent run i just rapped with high pulp so here i am talking in to the mic solo again and uh, i also think it's also because this ear pain has caused a lot of anxiety for me and anxiety is something i am no stranger to and i think i've learned to mostly manage it in a way that makes it easier to deal with but even being a veteran of the game, it's a it's a real motherfucker sometimes and can make it hard to, to focus. And I was just talking with a buddy about this the other day. He was talking to me about some medical issues he's dealing with, but also the anxiety that has come along with those issues and and how difficult it is to be patient with yourself. Just kind of waking up every day seeking some sort of normalcy. But when you're dealing with something for several weeks, and I, I think it can, it can really start to become overwhelming and scary in some ways. So I also just thought it would be nice to kind of just get out of my, my own head a little bit and, and talk about it on the mic a bit. And I would say that overall, that I deal with physical pain in a decent way, not necessarily saying that I have this incredible tolerance for pain but uh i think more in a way of just kind of staying positive and not necessarily assuming the worst with hockey injuries that i've dealt with in the past but with the ears it's hard for me to not immediately jump into panic mode or um feel like I'm about to lose my my livelihood in some way I feel like I've just still entered this new chapter of my life where I'm finally leaning into doing the shit that I enjoy on an everyday basis and slowly removing pieces and shedding a lot of layers of myself that I don't really maybe identify with super heavy and uh, maybe also tapping back in with the things that I love or identify with the most and a lot of those things I'm slowly recognizing have kind of been there from the beginning but I guess where I'm going with this is that I'm right now in my life doing all these things I want to be doing but they all pretty much involve the use of my ears my ears have become my kind of everything and just the things that often are the provider of my joy, I love to see live music. It's often a moving experience to me. It's a real bummer when I can't do it comfortably and I have to walk out of the room every 10 or so minutes to take a break. Or even on this last High Pulp tour by the end, the last three shows or so, I would only be in the room for about 10 out of the 55 minutes they play You know, I I love doing this podcast, but a huge piece of my research, being that I'm primarily speaking with musicians, is listening to the music that they create. And I will often listen to their music over and over throughout the week and try to immerse myself in it as much as possible and I almost always have my headphones in. If I'm not listening to music, I'm listening to some of my favorite podcasts and this past week and a half I've just been in a lot of silence, which is is probably a good in uh in some ways as far as giving myself some space with no noise just to think and not have anything to get lost in although I uh I learned to go to sleep in silence years ago and I feel like I I get my daily fix of that there but I've been trying to give my ears a little bit of a break mostly because it's uh it's literally painful I guess to to listen to things at any sort of decent Volume, so I've just been driving around in silence, not listening to music on the daily. And it's uh, definitely a big reason I canceled the last two interviews scheduled. And I also just didn't really want to sit in the headphones amidst the conversation. I've just been uh, trying to be overly cautious because this is uh, such a big part of my life, and I don't want to do any actual damage to my ears this is my my industry of work and it's the the thing I put my energy into to building and and it's scary to feel like that's slipping away from me in some ways and it's hard to not think the worst and it's it's hard to know how much of the physical pain that you are starting to uh maybe almost project onto yourself and you freak out whenever a loud noise bothers you and even though the doctor at first look only mentioned the possibility of damage done to the capillaries that's, uh, that's kind of all I can think about in some ways and I'm like oh fuck I've, I've permanently damaged my ears and I can definitely tell that I have hearing loss now and blah 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 but uh, when I saw the doctor last week he did say that there was not any visible signs of damage to the eardrum or inflammation which was good, but the next steps were to take a hearing test, so this morning I had a hearing test. I thought I was going to have an anxiety attack in that room for a minute or two, just because I was so nervous that uh, I wasn't going to have the correct responses to this audible test, and it's just this small, bright little room, Doc talking to me from the other side of the wall, hitting me with instructions for each test, and... The first test was just repeating a word that is spoken and it's coming at you at different levels one ear at a time and I get about five deep on the right ear and it's getting fainter and fainter and I can't make out what it's saying anymore and I'm just like yep definitely have hearing loss that's not good. Move to the other ear and I feel like I'm getting maybe one or two more and I'm like yep more confirmation that the right ear has definitely suffered some hearing loss and then the next test is the they play sounds at different tones and, and volumes and you press a button when you hear a tone and I thought that maybe uh, that had gone horribly just because I, I couldn't really tell how many times they, they played a sound you know that's kind of the whole point I suppose but you know there was definitely some periods of time where I was uh I was not hearing any any sound and then uh she put this mechanism on my head and i'm like oh no this is the thing to see if my hearing would be improved if i had something like a hearing aid which definitely wasn't it was just uh, some anxiety that i was experiencing through the test you know projecting all these these things which uh by the way it's audiology awareness month apparently So if you're, if you're having some hearing issues or just general ear issues, go take a test. It only, it only took me uh 15 minutes or so. I was sitting in that room and I saw the poster and coincidentally I I came in on, uh, on the awareness month. But anyway, we wrapped the test and she's like, you're good. You pass with flying colors, no hearing damage detected Just make sure you keep wearing earplugs when you go see music and are exposed to loud noises. No need to take it easy on listening to music. Just go about your, your normal everyday activities. You just kind of experience some acoustic trauma to the ears and, uh, it will heal over time. And it's just, uh, it's just one of those things where you get some instant relief. Like I, I just wanted to give that woman a hug. And, and so while I might still take it a little easy on the listening of things at, at loud volumes, it's just uh, it's very comforting to know that it does not appear that I've done any major damage to my ears. And I think that uh, gave me great peace of mind. And I'm, if I'm still feeling this way in a week or so, there's a trial I can do for some some ear inflammation medicine. So I've got some options and I'm feeling much better today mentally since getting that news and i celebrated with a burrito from one of my favorite spots in portland called la osita they have this breakfast burrito that is my favorite breakfast burrito of all time they've got this truck right next to my house that uh, i will be sad to see go they're opening a brick and mortar in the Montevilla neighborhood soon which is dope and big big congrats for them that means they they must be doing well if they're getting an actual spot and moving up from the truck and i uh i love the montevilla neighborhood so i think they they picked a a cool a cool neighborhood and that's still relatively close to me but love that place the people that work there are are so sweet every time and the food is always 10 out of 10 free plug for for the lava seat if you're deep in the southeast neighborhood make sure you uh you check it out even if you don't live out here i think it's it's definitely definitely worth making the uh the trip for but yeah i'm i'm just stoked to get music back in my ears and uh sorry that that playlist has been late and uh i just didn't feel like i could have done the the final curation the way i've liked to so i just kind of i've kind of held out on it it should be out soon um Aside from getting some decent news about my my ears, I'm also very stoked to be heading out on another tour managing gig with my favorite Portland singer-songwriter, Isabeau, who I started managing a couple months back, and that partnership with her has been incredible, and I just continue to wake up very motivated and inspired to be working with her every day. And this November tour is shaping up to be pretty great. We've got some killer venues for this run of shows and playing alongside some amazing artists, including two shows with Natalie Klussman of the band Joseph, who's such a great songwriter. So those are, uh, in LA at the hotel cafe, one of my, my favorite singer songwriter venues that I've ever been to. So it's exciting to, uh, to be returning there in this fashion. And, um, There's one show in Joshua Tree at this place called First World, which looks like it's going to be this very unique, intimate experience. It's this very small theater in the middle of Joshua Tree, Um, big community vibes out there. So I'm I'm excited to uh, to be out there and experience that show as well. And maybe most exciting to me about this upcoming trip with Isabeau is returning to Ojai, California, a place where... I spent a lot of my childhood and up until my early 20s, my grandparents lived up there and I spent a lot of time up there. My mom lived up there for about five years when I was in high school and into my early 20s and a very cool spot and maybe one that's a little harder to appreciate as a kid, but definitely a place that I've always found to be pretty peaceful and I think as an adult have uh, just kind of fallen in love with again so those tour dates for isabeau are posted november 1st is when we head out to boise for a show with the neurolux where i've gotten to see a lot of music this past year during the the last two tree fort music festivals and uh it's going to be quite the different experience being out there with isabeau solo just her and i after doing this high pulp tour with eight other people in the bus but man, it's uh, it's really a trip that I'm gonna be going out on the road with her, also, and I'm sure we will jump on the mics at some point and do a podcast while we're out. Isabeau has uh, appeared on the podcast twice before. It's been probably close to two years, right around the time her Better Metric record came out during the uh, the Pandy we uh we did a podcast right before all of the COVID stuff really got crazy i think she was maybe even like the last person i spoke to in person before um i started doing almost everything over zoom but She's always great to, to chat with on the mics or not on the mics I feel like she always has uh, a lot of insightful things to say about the process and um, I always appreciate getting to uh, to hear her perspective on on songwriting and uh, and the recording process and it is uh, it's just a trip that I get to uh, that i get to be going out on this adventure with her she is truly my my favorite singer songwriter in this city and someone i've wanted to work with for a really long time so to to be in this spot where i i get to uh get to go out on the road with her feels very special to me but uh it'll be quite different than traveling with the the high pulp gang the the family band um, this, this run that we just did was only two weeks in comparison to the six weeks that we did in the spring. So overall it was just like much more chill and we had the opportunities to stay in one spot a lot of the time, which was nice. But for me as an only child, it really gives me the sense of what it would have been like to, to have a huge family and a bunch of siblings. And I love it. It's, It's unique because you get to connect as a group at times, but then you also connect with individuals in the band on a one-on-one level at different points of the trip. And just like 25 minutes into our drive down to L.A., where the tour started, I was just so fucking stoked to be back on the bus again and just catching up with my friends and um, the people that who were making the drive down. And I just like being around people and especially a bunch of people that I have so much admiration for their creativity and just catching up about different things we've watched since seeing each other, the things we've been Working on just a, another great experience with this group of people and and similar to maybe that that second major psychedelic trip that you go on where you feel like you, you have things a bit more figured out, but you still also don't know shit and you have a lot to learn and that you still got to figure out how to uh, do a tour without losing something. It's so gnarly. I think, especially when you're in a group that big, to not lose small items. I, I seriously want to start a short podcast series called What I Lost on Tour. If you've got a story to tell, short or long, about items you've lost, hit me with an email or a DM. I'm, I'm serious about this. Dan Cable Presents at gmail.com. Hey everybody, I just wanted to take a minute to let you know that this episode of the podcast is sponsored by North 45 Pub, located in the Alphabet District of Northwest Portland. They've got a killer selection of Belgian beers and an extensive liquor wall of over 200 bottles. It's summertime and they've got their 45th Parloma on the menu, their play on the Paloma, as well as their staple food item, the rosemary garlic fries, which are easily my favorite thing on the starter's menu, that fry sauce... I don't know what it is, but it's banging, and in addition to the cocktails and the food, they've got one of the best patios in the city, tons of big screens outside to enjoy the sun and all your favorite sports, and the best part is they've also got free live music. You can catch DJs there every Tuesday night from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m., residencies from local artists including Spinach. Vanport, Sicko Side, and WWJP, as well as DJs and Beatmakers every Sunday from 4 p.m. to 6 p.m. Don't miss local Beatmakers, Love Jones and Free Tillman every second Sunday, and DJ Slim Guinea every fourth Sunday at North 45 Pub. Now let's get back to the episode. I definitely tried to take it easy on myself this time around and tried to not feel like I needed to do every fun activity. Sometimes I just hung back or tried to go to bed early and that made things more manageable for sure. And I think a part of that, too, was that we mostly went to cities that were in California that I had spent a lot of time in before. So there wasn't this huge urgency to explore these places. But the big highlights, number one was chico california i hadn't spent any time in chico before i'd driven through a lot and growing up a california kid it was a spot i heard a lot about um there's a college there a part of the cal state system i believe and uh that's a college that makes it into a lot of people's application pools if you're looking to stay in california and it's uh it's known as quite the party school But it's just this small northern California town maybe an hour or so North of Sacramento and I think part of my solid experience There this time around Is that we spent three nights there We we got this really cool Airbnb and we're able to settle In and I just love That town the downtown area was Beautiful and everyone We encountered there was super Cool and chill and kind and the show was maybe top two out of the entire run of shows. So many people packed this place out on a Tuesday night and post-show. We probably hung out for a couple hours just bullshitting with locals. And it was uh, it was really great. Definitely a place I'm eager to go back to. Jake the Booker at Duffy's is, is such a nice dude and enjoyed my time kind of just like walking around the neighborhoods while we were there. And uh, Chico was also the place that I I got to try Cinnamon Toast Crunch Golden Grams. I love cereal. And Antoine, one of the synth and modular players in High Pulp, had mentioned to me while we were in LA at this grocery store that there was this new cereal crossover. So I had to get us a box while we were staying at this pad in Chico. Cinnamon Toast Crunch, top five cereal for me golden grams not top five but still a big fan would never complain if you put a bowl of golden grams in front of me and uh combined incredible zero disappointment tastes exactly what it sounds like it's going to and chico is where i discovered that high pulp we're we're a cereal band so much so that the last night of staying there we we had to resort to using big serving spoons and and bowls and cups as vessels for this cereal because we had used so many the previous nights and uh yeah great experience having that that cinnamon toast crunch golden grams for the first time that was something that uh that's like one of those things that you don't really need to experience though also because now every time i see it i'm just gonna want to get cereal and i'm definitely somebody if i have cereal or ice cream it doesn't matter which one i might even prefer cereal more but i'll i'll eat it every night as dessert and especially with cereal it's probably going to be two bowls i just i cannot i cannot stop i love it my grandfather he it's a program guy the guy that i got the tagline for this show from he he does the same thing it's like clockwork watching this guy it doesn't matter he he's going for that cereal every single night it's the best part about how sitting there is that i can always count on um, there being a cereal in that cabinet but i can also it could be 50/50 on whether that milk is good and they just kind of play through it because they're they're old and they don't care or they're not paying attention or I'm, I'm not really sure what's happening but uh that cereal is uh i'd recommend you you give it a go that cinnamon toast crunch golden grams i don't know how long it's going to exist so get on it now i promise you that that kellogg's is not sponsoring this nor do i even know if kellogg's is the the maker of that cereal but this is uh this is a free plug for them and uh I also got to shoot a lot of pool on this tour, which is rad. I love shooting pool. It's one of the few things that I feel like I'm pretty good at, pretty decent at. I've been shooting since I was like seven. My dad was a pool shark. He hasn't gotten to play consistently in a long time, but he was just a crazy good player and he taught me the game as soon as i could reach over the table i was always like very interested and i knew he was good and i picked up the fundamentals from a pretty young age so i love to shoot i don't do it that often anymore but um this particular trip may have brought the uh the pool player back out of me there was a table at that airbnb in the garage and then when we played sacramento at harlow's they had a pool table in the green room best green room of the tour that's a top-notch green room overall one of the best one i mean if you have a pool table in the green room and it's you know like a seven out of ten table i don't need it to be perfect i just want it to be a playable thing like that that's amazing i i'm didn't see any of the opening bands on that show because I was just playing pool with Rob Homan who's uh, the other synth and, and keys player in the band and he's also a very good shooter and we kind of like found our match for each other and we were having some some contentious battles which was uh pretty great and then when we got back to Portland we had like four nights here before the the Portland show and there's a pool hall down the street from my house so the whole band crashed with me and we spent a night or two over at the the pool hall so just uh nice to uh nice to be back hanging around pool halls i think that that whole vibe of being in a pool hall is is also uh something i enjoy quite a bit and uh we watch pool hall junkies i turned some people on to <laughs> pool hall junkies which is this movie from like 2001 2002 uh held up decent you know it had its moments. That it's definitely like the acting isn't good. That's for sure. I forgot Michael Rosenbaum was in that movie, so that was a trip. Chris Walken's in it. Chris Walken, like I fucking know the guy. Christopher Walken is in it. But... Aside from that, another uh, fun, memorable adventure with this uh, this bunch, and hit a couple venues that I'd been wanting to go to for a while, including Gold Diggers in LA, which is uh, where the tour kicked off, and it was a sold out show there. Genevieve opened; she's a part of that Lewis Cole group of folks, and Lewis played drums in her band, and they were all very nice, and the band was fucking great. Some serious like punk rock energy and some music that feels really rooted in in jazz and it got super heavy and then highlight of that show aside from the band getting to play to a sold out room is that Jeff Parker DJed that night at Gold Diggers and I was just stoked to be in the same room as that dude I've just gotten hip to Jeff Parker the last couple years I've always known about the band tortoise, but I've never really like checked them out too much, but I've been going through their catalog and Jeff Parker's "Sweet for Max Brown record is so good. And, uh, that dude DJed and he put me on some music that night during his DJ set, which also side note, that is the best thing I feel like you can do for the environment of your show is, is having an actual DJ for in between sets and maybe even to close out the night to kick things off i would rather have a dj and just two acts instead of three different artists on a bill like it it just feels like a a different vibe and it it feels like it feels like that in between time during the changeover is not like downtime necessarily like it's just a you still got some like banging music playing you got somebody actually like curating that instead of it just hitting a playlist so that was very cool getting to see jeff parker be in the same room with that dude and then getting like to just hear what he was playing it was educational in its own way as far as someone like myself who's been djing as of late very cool very cool also tyler over at gold diggers great dude super easy to work with appreciated uh, his hospitality and all in all just a good run and it finished up in the, the band's hometown of Seattle and even though a couple of the the band members including my cousin are la based now seattle is still the the city they claim and tour closed out at chop suey and cap hill i had never seen a show there pretty sweet room and main support on that show was shimmer traps who were on the cast a, a couple months back so i was stoked that i got to see them live for the first time and got a chance to catch up with them a little bit all those dudes are just uh, so nice and they just got their shipment of their repress of their look lp which is on this rad translucent neon green i definitely snagged one of those but seeing them on this run of shows was was something i was looking forward to since before the tour started so definitely check out their episode of the podcast if you haven't yet probably somewhere in the uh the 220s it wasn't too long ago that we all hung out and jumped on the mics and uh to encourage you to check that episode out i'm going to close out this episode with a track from that look record and i should be back next week with myself in conversation with an artist back to the the regular scheduled programming around here I hope everybody is uh, doing well out there and if you're you're struggling with anxiety or mental health I hope you've got someone you can reach out about it find someone to talk to or whatever you got to do to uh, get out of your own head and keep yourself afloat hit me with an email or DM about music or anything else appreciate y'all tuning in if you're local to the Portland Oregon area Follow my Instagram if you want to know About local shows going on I know Produce Row on October 23rd This is a free event 3pm to 6pm A beat happening all ages Bunch of great beat makers and producers On the lineup And every Sunday you can catch DJs Over there at Produce Row for brunch Noon to 2 They've got free music going on um, On Thursday nights From 6pm to 8 p.m. Local singer-songwriter Ronnie Carrier is over there this Thursday night, October 13th. You can uh, go check her out singing some tunes. If you're a new listener to the show or a recent follower, thanks for checking this thing out. I, I try to not get too wrapped up in the numbers of this thing, but there's definitely been some significant recent spikes, so can't say thank you enough for the support and leave a review Please tell a friend and uh, stay up, stay tuned. It's a program. All the links are in the episode notes. And this is Shimmer Traps with Plume from that LP look. That's the Jelly Jams. And we will catch you on the flip side, Portland or wherever you are listening from. I hear any light It's so far away I want to know What should I even try In the lighter hours, hardly happier. Hey, just want to give a big shout out to DistroKid for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. Can't say thank you enough to DistroKid for their longtime support of this thing. Make sure you go into the episode notes and find that DistroKid link to receive 30% off your first year of membership, making their already affordable prices even cheaper for you. So make sure you take advantage of that. You can also find the link in my link tree in my Instagram bio. Big thanks to DistroKid and the other sponsors of the show, Produce Row Cafe and North 45. Stay up, stay tuned.